Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include Tilla's LO Comp Rule, my interview with figures Anthony Stratus on trends in home buying in the HELOC space, and is the economy hot or cold? Legends, it's Ricky Bobby. Hey, mark your calendars March 18th for the third annual supercar experience in Vegas. Powered by Lender Toolkit, Regora, Lone Star, Lenders One, Truve, and Mortgage Advisor Tools. Hey, we're taking over Speed Vegas Exotics Racing, where you'll unleash your inner speed demon in supercars and network like a champ. Hey, think Ferraris, Lambos, and Connections. Forged nearly as fast as Lender Toolkit's AI-powered mortgage automation as a service platform. Woo! Yeah, you heard that right. This ain't just about racetrack adrenaline. Heck no! It's fueling your experience prep with fancy grub and more networking gold than Fort Knox. Woo! Hey, don't be a shake and bake loser. Secure your spot now by heading over to LenderToolkit.com events. Because guess what? As always, if you ain't first, you're last. Woo! I don't know how you feel, but thank God it's Friday because that means we don't have to hear Ricky Bobby's intro anymore next week. (laughs) It was a sad day earlier this week for anyone who likes food out of a toaster as the inventor of Pop-Tarts passed away at 96. Yes, Pop-Tarts were invented. They don't grow naturally in the wild. Something else that isn't found naturally is airline seat pricing. We're in mid-February, and conference activity will increase, and families will start thinking about summer vacations. That often means flights. Prices do go up significantly, 21, 14, and 7 days before a flight. So keep that in mind. And while we're talking about dollars, recent commentaries have mentioned the shift in regional managers' pay to more profit-based rather than strictly volume as well as how it is illegal to pay LOs on profits under TILA's LO comp rule. Addressing management pay, attorney Steve Lovejoy with Shoemaker Williams pointed out that if the branch manager is a producing manager, meaning he or she originates, or so much as talks to consumers, their compensation cannot be based on profitability of a loan, the branch, or the company. For one more tidbit of regulation you should care about, the Bank of Oklahoma's trade desk reminded everyone who deals with margin requirements that FINRA 4210 is coming, effective May 22, 2024. The desk did want to make it clear to their originator clients that BOK is not subject to FINRA's 4210 rule, as they are a bank dealer that is governed by the OCC, not FINRA. Well, apparently I should make it clear to listeners whether the economy is hot or cold as it's a common email that I'm receiving now from lenders. Just which way are rates being pushed? Mortgage rates are inching up after reports of hotter-than-expected inflation data showed continued strength in the U.S. economy. The Federal Reserve doesn't set mortgage rates, but with inflation still over its 2% target, alongside a robust job market, investors continue to focus on when the Fed will start cutting its benchmark interest rate, which is currently keeping mortgage rates elevated. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage averaged 6.77% as of February 15th, according to data released by Freddie Mac, and was up 13 basis points from the previous week. Mortgage rates were last at this level in mid-December, when rates fell below 7% for the first time since August. For perspective, 
a year ago, the 30-year mortgage rate was averaging 6.32%. So the economy has been performing well so far this year, and rates may stay higher for longer, not helping the spring home buying season or production numbers. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show Figures Anthony Stratus to talk trends in home buying and the HELOC space. He's Senior Director of Lending Partnerships at Figure, a non-bank HELOC lender, and I thought the interview would be very timely as lenders look to expand their product box in order to increase production. Home equity has certainly become a hot topic around the mortgage industry in such a high-rate environment, and I've seen lenders interest increase in the HELOC space, HELOC products. They're trying to open their product box, get more volume. How would you characterize the current home equity lending market? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, when I um when I started looking at what I wanted to cover over here, right? It's interesting that a lot of folks start by saying it's a high interest rate environment. And, you know, my gut reaction to that is is it's actually not really a high interest rate environment. It's just an environment with interest rates rose very quickly. Right, which I think created, you know, an affordability issue and then really suppressed refi activity at large in the market. And, you know, that combined with the fact that home values have appreciated as quickly as they have, it's created this very large um equity component, home equity component for customers, right? And it's like a really natural place for any given consumer to tap into to meet their their life needs whatever those might be right it could be an addition it could be solar it could be whatever whatever they need to do and um you know we've been fortunate to be in the position of being able to to help consumers to tap that equity and achieve their dreams um and so from my vantage point you know the demand has definitely been there um, from a consumer standpoint, it's clear why it's attractive to them, right? They get to keep their mortgage, which is probably in the twos or threes, maybe low fours, and at the same time, access the equity that they've built in their house at pretty reasonable rates where, you know, putting a second mortgage, a HELOC on top of your existing first lien still gives you a blended rate that on a historical basis is quite low. Um, and so the consumer demand is there, no doubt. The, the other part of the question is, well, how do originators look at this market? And I think for, for a loan officer and for a company, it's very attractive in that you're presenting an option and having a conversation with your existing customer base about how they can use their equity to, to advance whatever goal they have in their life currently in an affordable way. Um, the other thing about it is that, you know, as we all know, right, retention was the name of the game two, three years ago with the refis. Well, this is positioning LOs to continue those relationships with customers in, in a tougher time, in a tougher market, and then positions them well for the next time a customer has a move they need to make, either selling a home and buying another one and upsizing or, you know, when inevitably rates drop, perhaps even refining at that point. So I think this is truly a win-win from a, from a customer, HELOC originator, and mortgage originators at large perspective. So let me pause there and see if you want to delve into any of that a little more. Well, I, I want to talk about rates a little bit, actually. Can you give people an idea of where HELOC rates normally sit above primary mortgage market rates? Uh, and then maybe that, that's also, let's, let's get into the various products. Uh, associated with HELON and HELOCs, because uh, maybe the rates are, are different there across products. 
Yeah. So I think, you know, clearly HELOCs are, are a little higher than, than first liens. And there's so much variability in the market, right? I don't think that, I mean, if you think of HELOC four or five years ago, there wasn't all that much activity, right? So the, the whole, the whole HELOC offering has significantly evolved over the past four or five years. You know, you had the banks and credit unions that have always offered them and their rates are, you know, typically a little higher than than mortgages, maybe two, three points. And then you have, you know, lenders like Figure and others that happen to be a little more expensive than that. But at the end of the day, there, there's always an angle that we offer. So in Figure's case, right, we, we talk a lot about the simplicity of our product, the speed at which we can originate and the great customer experience. You know, others may provide more of an advisor-led approach. You know, there's there's a lot of ways that you can tackle it, but you know, in all cases, right, it is a few points more than than purchased mortgages for sure. And what are the what are the various products out there uh that borrowers should be aware of or even originators should be aware of? So yeah, that's a that's a good question, right? And it, it ties back to how how we think we fit into the market. So generally speaking, right, the one that got a lot of use was just unsecured loans, right? And that's great. Unsecured loans are out there. The experience of getting one is usually pretty easy. It's like a five, 10 minute process to get approved and quick funding afterwards, but that comes at the at the price of a very high rate. Um, then on the other end, you have kind of the traditional HELOC that's a lengthier process at the full underwrite, but you get a pretty good rate given that it's secured by a home. I think we sit right in the middle with our HELOC that has sort of the best of both worlds and that the experience of originating a loan with us is actually very fast and feels like a personal loan and that, you know, you kind of get approved and know where you stand within a, a day, a lot of times a lot faster than that, but call it within a day, but you still get a rate that is well below where unsecured is, even if it's higher than, um, you know, a, a purchase, for example, today. Um, and so from that perspective, a HELOC is good in that it gives you access to tap your equity now. Our product is, in fact, a HELOC, although in many ways it feels like a HELOC loan. So we have its fixed rate, first of all. Um, and beyond that, we do have uh, terms that customers can choose, right? It could be, you know, five to 30 years as they desire. Um, but the fixed rate component makes it feel a lot like a HELOC loan in many cases. What makes it a HELOC is the fact that as it gets paid down, you can redraw. And so that flexibility, I think, is something that we hear is pretty attractive. Um, you know, more traditional HE loan obviously doesn't have those features, right? It's just a straight up second mortgage that um, operates very similar to a first lien. Five to 10 minutes to get approved, even faster to get denied. Look, I think that that's actually a good point, right? When it comes to figure, that speed, and by the way, you getting approved or denied takes the exact same time, right? I think we aspire to kind of give the consumer, the loan officer, the answer within minutes so you understand where we where we stand. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about our underwrite and what, you know, why, why that, why and how that benefits consumers and originators alike here in a moment. The one thing that I would say is that, you know, we're very clear into what our guidelines are and how we operate. And we're 100% um, committed to having customers that fit into that box. We don't really have exceptions. And that's just core to our business model. Yeah, let's, let's talk figure for a minute. So figure is one of the largest HELOC originators in the U.S., and the only one that leverages blockchain technology to provide loans to everyday consumers. And 
I want to congratulate you and Mr. Cagney, a former colleague of mine, on going from the bleeding edge to the leading edge of blockchain lending in mortgage. And so how, how do you feel like leveraging blockchain technology is additive to your offerings at Figure? Sure. That's a, that's a really good question. I think I'd start by saying that in the origination part of what we do with HELOCs, um, while we take an online digital automated first approach, the actual blockchain component is actually fairly limited in the origination activity. The real power of the chain actually comes further down where we actually have a loan that's been originated, which we board onto chain. And that creates just a lot of benefits in being able to trade that asset. And more importantly, all the factors that went into underwriting that loan are are a part of the loan that's being boarded onto chain. And so what that does down the road is it replaces trust with truth. There is no question about how we under, underwrote a customer, whether they fit into our credit policy and credit guidelines. All of that is by default um, available to anybody who owns that loan. And so, you know, the, the follow-up question should be, well, what's the benefit of that to the consumer, to the originator, to anybody that's a party to this? And the answer to that is it creates tremendous efficiencies in the in the lifespan of that loan. And anytime you have efficiencies and lower cost, that provides additional benefits in price and compensation that you could provide to the consumer and to the originator. And so when you look at the whole existence of a figure HELOC loan, that is how we think about it. And that's where the chain comes in and how um, it gives us the ability to share the benefits with everybody that's a party to that loan from, from inception all the way to us selling that loan to somebody or securitizing it. Yeah, I actually saw a press release from y'all. I think it was uh, late last year talking about bringing the first blockchain securitization to market in the HELOC space. So I, I want to ask you, what's the market reception been like to your offerings, at least from the investor side of things? Generally speaking, at a high level, investors are very, very open to this. I think everybody sees, everybody, every participant in the market sees that this is the future and that there's huge benefits that can be had. Um, for us, it's very much uh, a matter of of creating that engagement and adoption and demonstrating in the real world that there are applications here that have benefits for all participants. And so, you know, as you see these executions that we're doing and these press releases that we're putting out, it's very much in, in our desire to demonstrate to the market that, you know, this works and that there's real benefits to be had. And we anticipate we're going to continue um, doing things like that and trying to promote that ecosystem. And finally, before I let you go today, Anthony, I, I want to ask about the current environment that we're at the talk is that the Fed's, the Fed's next move will be a rate cut, even as payrolls remain incredibly strong. Well, how could a falling rate environment impact mortgage and home buying trends from your point of view? I mean, I think, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? For the industry, obviously, having rates tick down a bit would be uh, definitely a good thing. I, I do think that we we have an affordability issue today with, with housing. I don't think that's unique to my opinion. Um, and anything that helps the industry get some more volume and helps consumers be able to either buy homes or move to other homes helps everybody and is a good thing. Um as it applies to, to HELOCs and other alternatives like this, I actually think that coming down a bit from where we are today would 
would be helpful because in absolute terms, the, the risk of affordability is greater than the risk of, you know, for example, not having enough options for customers. I, I think at the end of the day, the more options customer has, the better, the better it is. And um, as an aside, right, HELOCs obviously also require significant equity in homes that is tappable to begin with. And, you know, we've seen a lot of appreciation in housing in general. And I think, you know, as rates tick down, that should probably add another tailwind to home prices, which at the end of the day is a good thing. Just gives consumers more ways to access that equity and be able to, to do what they want with it and achieve their dreams. That's a good thing. Well, here's to you and figure having a great year in 2024. I wish you the best of luck. I enjoyed speaking with you and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us and look forward to a good year for everybody. A drop in U.S. retail sales yesterday helped soothe traders' nerves about an overheated economy after this week's inflation print came in above expectations. Retail sales declined 0.8% month over month in January compared to the 0.2% downwardly revised decline in December. Factory production decreased in January for the first time in three months, pointing to a loss in momentum. These reports were unduly influenced by weather-related issues over the course of the month. Weekly jobless claims also unexpectedly declined by 8,000 to 212,000, indicative of a growing economy. However, the rising level of continuing jobless claims displayed the challenge in currently finding a new job after a layoff. Today's economic calendar contains some first-tier data, including the producer price index, which will be closely watched as it should help define the Fed's next steps. PPI in January was up 0.3%, and excluding food and energy was up 0.5%, versus expectations of increasing 0.1% month-over-month and 0.7% year-over-year. It's yet another sign that inflation is remaining stickier than hoped. We've also had housing starts down 14.8%, but thought to be weather-related, and building permits down 1.5%. Later is the preliminary February Michigan sentiment number, and three Fed speakers are currently scheduled to close out the week. Richmond President Barkin, Vice Chair for Supervision Barr, and San Francisco President Daly. We begin the day with agency MBS prices slightly worse than Thursday evening, the 10-year yielding 4.31 after closing yesterday at 4.24%, and the two-year at 4.67. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I asked my wife if I was the only one she'd ever been with. She replied, yes, all the rest were eight and nines. You know, I actually have heard that joke flipped around, so let me flip it around. My girlfriend asked me if I was the only one she'd ever been with, to which I replied, yes. All the rest were eight and nines. And that's how the fight started. <laughs> Thanks again to Lender Toolkit and its AI-powered, AI underwriter, and Prism borrower income automation tools. By providing lightning-fast underwriting decisions, your market reputation with borrowers and realtors will soar, which means more repeat and referral business. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.